Hello, and welcome to the Client Experience Revolution podcast. I'm your host, Raya Gonzalez, and I have the pleasure today of hosting Caroline Thompson of Social Granola to talk about social media, all things social media. So Caroline, welcome. Hi, thank you for having me. I'm excited. I would love for you to tell us about Social Granola. What are the things that you do and how do you serve people? Social Granola is the name of my brand and I am a marketing strategist and a content marketing coach. So I help women in wellness create click-ass content so they can triple organic sales and create a business that they truly love. So that is what I do. Love click-ass content. (laughs) That is Amazing. I love that so much. I know. I love a good play on word. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I was introduced to you by Monique Gaffney, who was also a guest on our podcast. And I was fascinated and I totally wanted to have you on the podcast because one of the things when I'm working with other entrepreneurs that comes up over and over and over and over again is that social media, instead of being something where it's fun, where we consume it for um, entertainment, social media from the business side becomes more of a drudgery. It's something that people hate doing. They feel uninspired. They feel like it's a waste of their time, but they feel like they have to do it. It's more of an obligation than something that can be celebrated and, and used in a fun way. And I know from our conversations that social granola really breaks the mold of that and wanted to kind of chat with you about that. So tell us about, I'm sure you've heard that complaint before and mm-hmm. you know what your take on that is. Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, because I can totally relate. Social media and just posting in general can be really monotonous and time consuming and just boring if you're not really connected with the content. You know what I mean? So, I mean... I can totally relate to this because before I went into coaching and really mentoring women one-on-one, I had a marketing agency. So I was actually doing like social media management and posting and stuff for clients. And I hated it. I was so miserable because... Well, not only because it felt like I was just an order taker, I didn't really have any say-so in like the higher level strategy, which is actually my true passion. But also, like I said, it was just monotonous. I wasn't connected to the content. It wasn't fun for me. I felt like I was just kind of... It was just this repetitive task that I had to do every day. And there was no... Like it it wasn't stuff that I cared about, really. Right. So... I think that when you're disconnected from the things that you're posting about or it's becoming a chore, sometimes it's good to kind of take a step back and stop worrying so much about, oh my God, I have to post this many times a week or I'm going to feel guilty and I feel like I'm not productive enough. And sometimes it's best to just like take a step back and reassess the situation think, okay, how can I improve this process so that I feel more aligned with it? And and I feel more confident and inspired by my own content. And therefore 
my audience will feel just as inspired. One of the things that you had said that I thought was really fascinating too. So I have a VA that helps me with my social media, Mm -hmm. but the thing that is so interesting is like, we are so in sync with each Mm -hmm. other. Like she has my voice and knows me so well that sometimes I'll be like scrolling and I'll be like, Ooh, that's good. And I go to like it. I'm like, Oh, snaps. That's me. Like, Mm -hmm. And so, but not everybody is that way. And I know that you've had some, you know, tips and tricks on, on when is a good time to bring somebody in to help you with your social media. So share with us about that. Yeah, absolutely. And of course, like you said, when you find a great person to partner up with and they understand your brand, you've hit the gold mine. But that is very hard to find. I'm sure you know. I don't know how many VAs you have been through where it was just wasn't aligned and you realize down the line, like, okay, it's just not really working out. And that is what that's happened to me multiple times, but that is also a major warning I give my clients and my audience is here is why you don't need to hire a VA right now. Like here are some signs that you are not ready to hire a VA. And one is you don't even know like your brand. You don't even really know your brand voice. You don't really even know what you should and shouldn't be posting. So how is that person who has no relation to your business at all going to come in and take that over when you can't even really verbalize that. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So that is the major issue that I see is they don't have like a brand kit or they don't have like a brand strategy or marketing strategy. And they just try to hand things off to a VA and they're like, okay, well, I guess this is how I'm just going to post this stuff. And then you start to resent them because they're not reading your mind. (laughs) It's like, right when you know your brand, you know your voice, you're confident in what you're doing, you have a strategy, it's simple to hand off. So that is a major, major factor. I think that's so true. And I, I think that we do in our, my, in my company, Admin Prestige, we do virtual assistant matchmaking. And so that's a common request that we get. And I've seen the success, the successful relationships are, and the successful placements are the ones where the client knows exactly who they are. They know exactly what they want. They have brand colors. They have brand fonts. They have a brand voice. They know what they're trying to communicate. I have one client who will journal quite a bit and that's, and then she just turns over her journals to her VA and, and she says, use it. However, you know, use it in quotes, use it to understand my voice, use it in whatever way that you see fit. But But then there's also been some, you know, relationships where the person really just isn't in the right headspace where they're maybe in transition from how their brand was before and they're trying to do something new or they're just unsure. And then you're right. It's like asking somebody, a total stranger to come in and read your mind. Mm-hmm. And I've even done that in the very beginning. I, I had like marketing apprentices that I was trying to work with. And I'm like, just put something up there, you know? And I'm like, and then it turns out horrible because they can't read my mind. And so I think that is a really important point 
to drive home and in that you yourself need to be fully aware, self-aware and aware of your presence as a brand in order to have somebody else come in and be able to communicate that information to the world. Oh yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And it's when you hire VA or you automate something, that's another big thing that people ask me about is like, how do I, how can I outsource or automate things without losing authenticity? And it's when you have, I mean, yes, your brand colors and your font and all that is very important, but also you need to know like what your brand personality is. Like, how would you describe your brand? What are some of the main content pillars or content topics that you want this person to focus on? What exactly does your target audience want? What are their problems? How can you... Because they need to know that as well. Those are crucial or else that there's just going to be so much miscommunication. Right. And that that is that second step to that too. And that one of the coaches that I worked with, she referred to it as your soul tribe. And Mm -hmm. that basically, if you didn't know who you were speaking to, that basically you can't do social media. You have to have the truest sense of like, and know who your ideal client is, who your soul tribe is, because every post is curated, is a curated letter to that person. Mm -hmm. And it is a curated, you know, content specifically for that one person, you know, content specifically for that one person. Oh yeah, absolutely. And that's, and again, that's a major issue that people have. And one of the main reasons why I pivoted from like done for you, social media management and content creation, because people would come to me without even a, like a strategy. They didn't have like a brand kit or a brand identity in place. And I was having to do all that work for free up front. They didn't really understand what I meant. It was just like, it was so hard for me to communicate their value of what they were doing without knowing who I was communicating it to. Without that, I asked people, I'll have people come to me and my audience that are like, okay, how I'm posting on Instagram, but, but nothing's happening. I'm not getting client. And I ask, okay, well, why are you posting it on Instagram? And they say, well, because I have to, I'm supposed to like, why, what's the point? (laughs) And they just can't tell me. They just think that's what they're supposed to do. So like, you need to understand what platform, what marketing task, what role those things have in the bigger picture and how it's going to serve your target audience. Maybe your audience isn't even on Instagram. Maybe you're targeting more of the like older generation who's going to be on Facebook or not on social media at all. It's really crucial to get on just on like a psychological level, understanding exactly who your target audience is, where you're going to meet them and how you're going to use those marketing initiatives to help them get to the next step. Yeah, absolutely. Well, what would you say to somebody who's like totally completely in the slumps Mm -hmm. and let's say that they do have the tools that, you know, or they have like the semblance of the tools, but they just have a bad attitude about it and they... They know they need to do it, but they just don't know how to snap out of it. What would you say to them in a way that would communicate that social media can actually be fun? It can actually be something that they can have as a creative expression of their personality. 
I just want to make it clear that that happens to everyone. I get in creative slumps all the time. Like that is such a common issue. And the problem is, is when you try to just plow through it, that's when you burn out. That's when you are just so exhausted and you start to resent social media altogether. You hate opening the app. You get so overwhelmed because you're, once again, you're not connected to it. So it's okay to take a step back and take some time for yourself to try to find that motivation again, do some work on yourself, focus on some things that maybe in your personal life that you need to focus on. But also, I mean, just to kind of like kickstart that creativity again. I mean, I found myself really burnt out on the content that I was creating a while back because I was, it wasn't, I wasn't really being myself. It was very much like prescriptive and by the books and a little bit corporate. And then when I kind of got on my spiritual journey and had my like spiritual awakening, if you will, I started getting into like astrology and to like tarot and oracle cards and crystals. And so I started relating the stuff that I was interested in at that time to my work. So I started writing about like marketing with the moon or pulling tarot cards to see what I was going to write about that day in my content. And then also having conversations with your audience really opening that conversation up with them and asking them, what do they want to hear? Because a lot of times people are stumped on what they should write about and then they start beating themselves up about it. But the best person to ask is your audience because that's the whole point. Like that, you will get the best ideas on how to serve your audience from your audience. So those are a few ideas. So question for that, because I know that even specifically in my case, and I, my, um, and we'll talk about organic growth, but so my organic growth has like exploded since, since the fall basically. But when I ask for feedback or like, what is, what do people want to hear about or whatever? Sometimes I don't get it. You know what I mean? So is there a way that people can um, ask for that type of feedback that would get more engagement? Yes, absolutely. So I go over like how to market research in depth inside my program, the Wellness Marketing Accelerator. But basically, you have to remember that people are busy. If you are sending out a long, like formal questionnaire or asking some like vague open ended question, they're not going to take the time to fill it out unless you, you hound them and pester them to fill it out individually. The best way to do it is I have a Facebook group that I'm very active in and that's where I kind of like house my community. I post a poll and just get people to vote. I give them options. Oh, people, oh that's an awesome idea. Just making it easy. Cause I mean, that's, if you think about it and put yourself in their shoes, like, would you really do that? Like, what is the value to you, that instant value that you're going to get from that? (laughs) So giving people options so that they aren't having to rack their brain because nobody has time for that. Yeah. Really, really helps. So that's one tip that I would give. That's a fantastic tip because you're right. Because then they don't actually have to come up with the suggestion. They can just say like, oh, of those, this is what I would like the best, you know, and then it's just a click and then done. Yeah. And then I I get, I get plenty of responses that way. I love that. Well, let's talk about organic growth because 
I am like a total Gary V fanatic, crazy. Mm -hmm. Like I just love everything that he's about. I love that he is just unapologetically himself and that he's unafraid to explore social media in ways that are unconventional. And so one of the things when I first launched my business is that I decided that I wouldn't, at least at this point, until I'm really established that I'm not going to pay for advertising. Mm -hmm. And so all of the growth that I have done, well, I, meaning my team and I have done, has been doing the buck 80 strategy, which is sincerely which you probably know, but I'll explain to the audience. And that is that he says that 90 times a day, you should put your two cents on somebody's post. Mm -hmm. So where you are going into other people's posts and engaging in a meaningful way, not just saying good posts, thumbs up, but like, Mm -hmm. Hey, that is awesome. That really reminds me of da, 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 da. You know what I mean? Like actually put some thought into it. He, I mean, like, I don't know about if everyone can do 90 times a day, But his point was that it's free to actually engage with other people. It's goodwill. It helps them because sometimes all they need is someone to kick off the conversation. Mm -hmm. And if you post, then somebody else might post. And then they're more likely to like you back and then engage with your post. And that has how that has how we have grown. I know that like stats for our Instagram, which is our main platform that we use, like we only had 188 followers um, on Halloween last year and we're well over a thousand now. So, and that's all organic and that's not like huge numbers, but that percentage of growth over such a short period of time mm-hmm. is all from just engaging and really sincerely wanting to have conversations with other entrepreneurs and other people who are in our ideal client bracket and then helping them, you know what I mean? And then in return, you get to establish these relationships back. What other organic growth strategies do you have that you recommend? Absolutely. And I totally agree with you. I think people get so caught up in trying to shortcut their way through to having those connections and thinking, okay, if I just post, I can sit back, people come, you build it, they will come. And that is absolutely not accurate, especially with the algorithms nowadays. Very, very difficult to get organic growth by just posting. It's all about engagement. You have to start that conversation and you have to add value. I mean, the way that Monique and I, the way that we met, I commented on one of her... I mean, I said something simple like, oh my God, I love your earrings. Where did you get them? Because she had some amazing earrings. (laughs) I was genuinely like, okay, I want them. So something as simple as that. And then she messaged me and she was like, oh my God, I went through your feed and I think you'd be perfect to speak at this like summit we're hosting and bam, it was instant. So it's just like having those conversations and not trying to skip over them and finding people you want to have conversations Absolutely. with. Absolutely. That's why you choose a target audience that you enjoy spending time with is because you're going to have to talk to them on a regular basis. And if you are like trying to spark up conversations with people that you're like, oh, those girls are the worst, then it's not going to be fun. Like you're not going to want to do that. And the conversations are going to be really forced and it's just not going to feel good. So finding people that really interest you, I mean, that's another reason why I started... I, my kind of niche is helping wellness entrepreneurs and spiritual business owners because that stuff interests me 
so much. I could talk about it. I could write about it. I could learn about it all day long and not get tired of it. So getting to work with experts in those fields, it's like, oh my God, I'm getting educated and getting paid and with people that are so interesting to me. So yeah, finding really cool people that you connect with. And like you said, just starting those conversations and being genuine. I'm so tired and I'm sure everyone else is of the bots on Instagram responding to your freaking stories. I can't stand it. I report people all the time for it. So yeah, that's the worst thing you can do. Well, and another trend that is a little like it doesn't, I don't want to say it bothers me, but it's just kind of odd to me. And maybe it's something I just have to get used to is people sending voice messages back when we don't know each other yet. Like, um, I don't know if you've experienced this, but like if I follow somebody and then they respond they'll send like a little voice clip like Mm -hmm. and say like, Hey, Raya, you know, thanks for liking my post. I guess in some ways it's more personal, but in other ways it's a little just like, Oh, I don't know. You know, it's just a newer thing where I either have to get used to it or it's weird. I don't know Mm -hmm. yet. The jury's out. (laughs) Yeah. But that's, you have to think about how would you start a conversation in person? Like, would you go up if you are at a networking event or something, or if you're just out at a bar or something and somebody gets a drink, would you go up to them and be like, Hey girl, saw you got this drink. Would love to talk to you about my business opportunity. Like stuff like, right. just like what? That's, I mean, usually you would meet in the bathroom and talk about how you spilled a drink on your dress or something. Just right. Like, or like, I love your earrings. Yes, like, that's exactly. like the best. I mean, the, best if I could like title this and have it you know make sense for people I love your earrings would be like the best title (laughs) oh yeah (laughs) yeah it's so simple and sincere you know what I mean because if anyone who knows Monique Gaffney she always has the most badass earrings on (laughs) oh yeah (laughs) yeah she's literally flawless yes I want to be her I know (laughs) everyone does she's amazing (laughs) yeah I but mean, I bitches love compliments. Like, bitches love compliments. It's you gotta so true. Like, we all do. We all love to be praised and we all love to be told we're pretty. So, I mean, if you can make somebody's day and make a friend and potential client in the making, why not do it? Absolutely. And especially if it's like coming from a really sincere place, like I don't like it when people will do it and it like smarmy, you know what I mean? That's, there's like this really fine line where you, you have to like check yourself when you're engaging with people and saying like, am I saying this because I want something from it? Or am I saying it because it's coming from a sincere place? You know what I mean? Because I think you, it got, it comes across, even though it's in text, it comes across. Oh yeah. And it's, it's so obvious when, because you have to get creative. It's so obvious when people are doing things by the book or following some sort of template or just copying what everyone else is doing. It's so obvious and it seems so forced and ingenuine. And the worst thing, if I could rant for a second, is when people try overdo their authenticity. Like they... They try way too hard to be relatable. And then they just come off as like, oh my God, you're... And the person that comes to mind right now is Rachel Hollis. I don't know if... Oh, yeah. I I hate her books. Yeah. Okay. Sorry. I can't. I just can't. I know that I'm going to go like burn in hell, but (laughs) I don't... Everyone loves her, but I can't. (laughs) No, I literally posted her some... She posted some video the other day of how they had to close down the office for COVID and 
she started crying and she was like, we have 60 employees and I won't get to see them every day. And I was just like, you're not relatable. This is not relatable. Like trying so hard to be, to like humanize yourself and just be a human. Like it's just be you. Like it's so simple. It's so simple. I think that's, and I was, we were talking about this the last time we were talking about, and that is that like my Instagram I like the theme is like pretty and dork. Like mm-hmm. that's my, like if you were to, to like my brand for my Instagram is pretty slash dork, you know, mm-hmm. because that's the way that I would like to represent myself. Mm-hmm. But then my Facebook lives, I usually am in my car. I usually have no makeup on. My hair is back in a pony bum. And then a lot of times I cry. Like, yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I'm just like, you know, I that's like real. You get the real person of who I am and what I'm feeling in that moment. Mm-hmm. And I think it's important to show the good and the bad. You know, I think it's important to be vulnerable with people because it does actually humanize you if you Mm -hmm. are actually feeling those things. But, you know, you have to have that yin and that yang, you know, Mm -hmm. you have to have a balance of, you know, if you're trying to go too far, you're like you said, like, I didn't see that post because I don't have anything of her social media on, but like just her books. I like, I started it and I was like, this is not, is not resonating with me at all. Like I can't. Well, she also plagiarizes like crazy and I was a journalism major. So that's just strikes one, two and three for me. (laughs) I was was out. I was out. Well, I wanted to also just highlight because it's just so interesting how you use astrology and moon cycles in your social media, because that's something so unique. I've never heard of anybody who does that before. So tell me a little bit about that. Yeah, sure. So I got into astrology a couple of years, actually, maybe it's been a year and a half. So I've been, but I, when, when I start something, I go all in, like I am not messing around. I go head first. I want to know everything. I practice it all my friends. So the more I learned about it, the more I realized, wow, there's really something to this. And it's also really fun. And I feel spiritually connected and it's just, it feels good. And I start noticing these synchronicities and I like to call myself a recovering Catholic. So I <laughs> I put off I put off this like love of like astrology and like woo-woo stuff for so long, thinking that it was bad. But once I started seeing just how impactful it was in my life, it was I mean, I went all in. It was just there's no doubting it anymore. So of course I started using it in my business because I love to kind of integrate the things that I'm interested in with my work. That's how I keep it interesting. That's how I stay creative. So I started really focusing on the moon. Like the moon represents like your emotions and who you are on the inside and kind of your desires and really who you are when no one else is around. So of course, kind of scheduling my my marketing and my like promotional strategy and whatever I was doing, my scheduling, all that stuff around like the moon cycles really allowed me to stay like it really gave me a routine when I am someone that hates routine. Like I am, right. I am a Sagittarius rising. I like to be spontaneous. I am a Aries moon. So I am just like routine and me are like, no, I, it's so hard. So I have like RIP to all the planners that I've had that I've bought and got excited about and never right. like following the moon cycles. I started noticing that my 
energy and my emotions and my moods would line up with them. Like on the new moon, I would be pretty low energy and just kind of like, I need to rest, I need to internalize. And it would also start to be like about to be the beginning of a new month whenever a new moon would come around. So I'm like, okay, this is where I can kind of like sit back and think about what I want to accomplish for the next month. This is time for me to like, just take a step back and think. And so started doing that and then realizing that the full moon, I have a lot more energy and a lot more people were showing up to my lives. So that's when I kind of launch things or go public or just or post something big or a big announcement that I have for a new product or something. So that's how I've kind of aligned it because it, it really, it really helps me prevent burnout because I have burned out so many times from just trying to force myself to fit into this just masculine society structure that we have. And right. it's exhausting. Like women, women's energy cycles don't work like that. Like we reset every month while men reset every 24 hours. So we need time to really be to ourselves and think things through. And this was really a great way for me to add that structure, but in a fun, emotionally like fulfilling way. That's awesome. And I see so many applications, like even if people, like I always say I'm woo, but I'm not like woo woo, but Mm -hmm. I feel like there's so many applications, even if you weren't using the moon, but if you found something where you were inspired by something that was cyclical, Mm -hmm. where you could align yourself with that as a way of keeping it fresh. You know what I mean? Oh yeah. Um, And that's with the seasons, like lining up your life with the seasons or I mean, there's so many things you can do, whatever you're interested in. It's really just finding what works for you. And it just so happens that it's worked for me and a ton of other people. So I love that. I love that. Mm -hmm. Well, so I always like to wrap with two questions. And my first question is what tidbit or piece of advice could you give the audience to take away from this conversation specifically around really coming alive with their social media and getting out of the rut and making it fun again? Yeah, absolutely. So I would say you, my piece of advice and something that's come up for me a lot lately is you are more intuitive than you think. I think people try to rely on like the how-to articles or they hire all these coaches and really seek external guidance 24-7 when in reality, they know the answer. Like if you just tune in to yourself and listen to your body, it's, you know what you need to do. Like if you are stuck in a rut, think about, okay, why? What's triggering that? What's making me avoid social media and figuring out, okay, well, I hate writing about this stuff. And, but why am I writing about it? I feel like I have to, but I don't think my audience will really care. So coming back to center and stop focusing so much, especially with all the news and the media these days, it's it's hard for anyone to trust anyone anymore. So you just really have to be able to trust yourself. That's a huge, huge thing in business is trust yourself. I love that. And then here's the final question that gets everybody. And that is, what is the best piece of advice that you have ever been given? And it does not have to be business related. Just Mm -hmm. in general, the best piece of advice you've been given. Mm -hmm. The first thing that comes to mind is when Michael Scott asked Dwight, 
what oh my god i love you already just (laughs) even before you start don't be an idiot just don't be an idiot it changed my life so Um, yeah i think really and that goes back i mean it's so simple and it sounds like such an asshole thing but it was like yeah like really trust yourself and don't be an idiot. So yes, I just have a I'm an office fanatic. (laughs) I am also an office fanatic. And I like immediately, like when you said that I was like, Michael Scott to Toby, why are you the way that you are? (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Oh my God. (laughs) Love it. It was so, so true. Well, this has been an awesome episode. I know it's so relevant to so many people. I thank you so much for being on the podcast and and this has been another episode of the Client Experience Revolution podcast. I'm Raya Gonzalez, your host, and we thank you for being here with us this week and every week and we hope to see you next time. <laughs>